Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, hi. We're going to have a little bit different format this week. This is in between Christmas and New Year's. Great time to just reflect a little bit, get ready for the new year. So uh, instead of just jumping into listener questions, I'm going to do a little bit different format this week. It's going to be short and sweet. Hope you're spending time with family and those who mean a lot to you. Two points I'm going to make in today's podcast. Those are don't beg, do something different. And number two, acknowledge those who help you most. Now, we'll have a little fun with both of those here and just uh, unpack them a little bit. Quotation for the day. I heard this as I listened to the podcast, Eric Fisher's Beyond the To-Do List podcast, where he interviewed Rick Calvert, who's co-founder of New Media Expo, the big convention in Vegas every year for bloggers, podcasters, media people. Rick Calvert says, you owe it to yourself to become better at what you do. I thought that's a great thought. It's not just, you know, trying to claw ahead or make more money. You owe it to yourself just to become better. There's something refreshing. There's, it, it's a sign of growth when you become better at what you do. Okay. Joanna and I were just in Chicago last week. Well, let me tell you why we started going to Chicago. I'll give you a little quick history. When I had a health and fitness center years ago, I immediately went to a conference for that industry. And that's always what I've done. I've always gone to conferences, seminars, workshops, so I can get better at whatever it is that I'm doing. And so I went to Club Industry, it was called, in Chicago, and it was for health and fitness owners and employees. And God, I love the environment. I mean, I didn't have any history in that industry. And coming home, I was talking to Joanne and I said, you know what? I wonder what it would take to be able to be a presenter at the conference because we had just listened to lots of presenters. And I said, geez, I could teach people, you know, how to find and keep great employees. That was an, an industry, the health and fitness industry that was rife with employee turnover. People come and go 90 days. I mean, it's like McDonald's, whereas we were able to bring people in, create lasting friendships, and they stayed with us as long as I had the business. So I, I went to a payphone. This was back before we all had cell phones. I went to a payphone and called the club organizer, called the the conference organizer. And I said, I had met him when we were there, just met him briefly. And I said, uh, what is it that I would have to do to be a presenter? And he said, well, you just send me two or three proposals, and if it's something that I think has value, you know, then we'll go to the next step. I sent him three proposals. They accepted all three. They said they want me to do all three. And for the next seven years, they flew Joanne and me to that industry convention that would meet in Chicago, Manhattan, and Long Beach, three different places every year. For seven years, they flew us you know, to these fine resort hotels, put us up. And that's, again, just one a, a way to be able to learn yourself without having it be a big expense. And some, we'll have to do a podcast someday to just dedicate to all the ways that I have taken advantage of super special training and had mentoring from great people 
in ways that really didn't cost anything, not not conniving or cheating or stealing, but just simply doing things in unusual ways. So anyway, that began our going to Chicago, and Joanne just decided she loved the magic of Chicago, especially at Christmas time. So here's the backstory. Joanne's birthday is December 22nd. What do you think happened as a little girl when you have a birthday three days before Christmas? Kind of overshadowed with Christmas. Who's going to have a birthday party three days before Christmas? So when we got married, I just vowed that I would always make a big deal out of her birthday. And I always have. So really for over 30 years now, we were trying to calculate the other day, but it's over 30 years. We've been going to Chicago right before Christmas. So the week before Christmas, that's our tradition. We go, it's not, we don't have to do shopping. That's all finished. We don't go for meetings. It's just a special time for the two of us. And and it's just a magnificently magical time. This year, because of our travel schedule this year, we had just gotten back from Africa. And frankly, we thought about not going. But I went ahead and made plans anyway. And as soon as I did and told Joanne, I mean, her eyes lit up like a 16-year-old girl again. She just, she loves just the idea of it. And we had a great time again this year. Now, a couple years ago, I saw a sign. I always am intrigued by the signs of the people who are on the sidewalks. Now, they're homeless, technically. I have to wonder sometimes if they're really homeless or if they're just being creative and what they do to generate income, but that that's remains to be seen and left unknown, I guess. A couple years ago, I saw a sign. Guy said on his cardboard sign, lost my job, lost my home, lost my hope, please help. Now that's a pretty sad sequence. If you really think that's the way it goes, lost my job, lost my home, lost my hope, please help. Well, that certainly intrigued me. I wrote about that when we saw it. This year, I'll tell you what my favorite sign was. This year, my favorite sign was a young guy. I got a picture up here. I wish I could share the picture with you. But his sign said, I don't beg. I tell jokes for 25 cents. Well, geez, I mean, we had probably passed 80 people with signs sitting in the cracks and crevices along Magnificent Mile in Chicago with their homemade signs, hoping that people would help them here at Christmas time. And certainly lots of people do. But this guy is the only one I stopped and talked to. And we help out. We try to help where we can. And Joanne always wants to have a, a pocket full of bills that she can feel free to just give as she feels urged to do so. And I, I think it's It's okay to do that. I mean, I'm not sure that it makes a great difference in the larger scheme of things, but we always do that and try to be generous. But this young guy, I stopped and I said, Hey, you know, I want to, I want to hear a joke, but, but I talked to him a little bit. Well, his approach works pretty well because it's just different. And I thought, how cool is that? You know, how, you know, I'm always telling you to distinguish yourself. What do you do that makes you remarkable? What do you do that stands out? But I talked one time about applying for a job when in the course of two days, the company interviewed 64 guys. And I think 63 of them had black suits and dark ties on. When I walked into the room, I had on a pink pink sport coat and uh, and ended up getting that position. I convinced them I was remarkable in ways other than just wearing a pink sport coat when everybody else had on a dark suit. But I got that position. So I'm always encouraging people to do something remarkable. What makes you stand out? So here's my question for you. If you needed to resort to begging, 
how would you separate yourself from all the others? I mean, what, what's your, what's your superpower? We watched a little bit of Spider-Man last night. Didn't leave it on, but, um, watched that. I thought, boy, here's an ordinary guy, but then, wow, that alter ego is Spider-Man where he saves people and does wonderful things. And the city honors him. You know what, what's your superpower? What would you, here's the question I'll leave you with. What would you write on your sign to get unusual help from people without resulting to guilt or pity? Okay, now again, this guy's sign, my sign of the, the year this year in Chicago, was I don't beg, I tell jokes for 25 cents. Incidentally, I hear, here's the, the, the caliber of his jokes. You know, why did Santa Claus have a big garden? Because he likes to ho-ho-ho. Okay, you know, they didn't go into a whole lot of depth, but uh, I love the guy's approach. I don't beg, I tell jokes for 25 cents. Pay me for a joke even exchange. So what would you write on your sign to get unusual help from people without result on guilt or pity? Well, just gee, go to the podcast link there, 48days.com. Click on the podcast under the show notes for this particular episode and uh, tell me what you'd write on your sign. I'd love to get some really creative signs that I could see walking up and down the street to have people pitch in and alleviate a little bit of your misery but without just resorting to the same old thing, homeless, please help. I must have seen, you know, 60 of the same thing, essentially. Well, here's my other one thought for the day. And then we're going to wrap up. We all need somebody. Now, I was just talking to my daughter, Ashley, about how special it is that their three little girls don't have any aunts or uncles or grandmas or grandpas that are divorced. I know this is a complicated time of year when families have been broken up by divorce. When we were, we had a flight delay coming back from Chicago, had a significant amount of time just sitting there. And in that period of time, we um, encountered some, some kids who were traveling alone, uh, just being supervised by flight attendants from the airlines. But this is a time of year when they have to figure out, am I going to spend time with mommy or daddy? And it gets complicated. I know the the reasons for divorce are complicated, but I don't take it lightly that in our family we have not been affected by that in generations, and I take that very seriously. But it's, it's a time to recognize how much we need each other. Now, I love being independent, you know, not having a job, no boss, doing the work that I love. But even there, I'm not really independent. I mean, there's the relationship that's at a higher level level than that. And that's being interdependent. Can I value that? I mean, certainly, you know, we, we don't want to be dependent. That can be unhealthy. Being independent. Yeah, that sounds cool, but really the highest level is being interdependent. I mean, the work that I do is connected to a whole bunch of really talented people. I mean, we have designers, web geniuses, technology wizards, artists, bookkeepers, attorneys, coaches, and more and more. I was just reviewing with our bookkeeper the 1099s that we need to produce here at the end of the year. And we've got a lot of people. Our massage therapist is one of those, the guy who keeps our property looking gorgeous all year long. I mean, those are all people who contribute to what we're doing and the kind of life that we have here. So I encourage you to, you know, think of who are the five people who make your life better. Have you thanked them this week? 
And I did a lot of sending out little gifts this week to people who just uh, contribute to what happens in the 48 Days community. You know, many of them volunteers, they just do things, are advisors in the 48days.net community, people who do social networking, social media kind of things for us, who just volunteer, people who show up at events and come and clean the place and wash the windows. I mean, it, it just is amazing the kind of things that people do uh, when they want to help you accomplish if you're trying to accomplish something worthwhile. So who are the five people who make your life better? Have you thanked them this week? Those are the two things for this week. Don't beg, distinguish yourself. If you were in that kind of a position, what would you write on your cardboard sign to allow people to participate in making your life better without resorting to guilt or blame or shame? What would you do? And then the other thing is, who are the five people who make your life better? I'm going to end today then with a song. Now, this song was, I have always loved this song. I had this song as kind of a theme for our, for the group who was going through graduate school with me. When I got my master's in clinical psychology, there were 13 of us, as I recall, in the program. So it was a small graduate group and we had this as the theme song this is lean on me by bill withers now i I frequently pull it up because i just like to hear it i think it has a great message i want you to listen to the words but i i I had no idea it was as old as it is there are probably some of you listening who uh, certainly may may not be familiar with the song certainly weren't around when it came out Uh, it came out 41 years ago in 1972 but just been a neat song. I'm going to end with this, just kind of wrap it up. Have a great holiday season. I hope that you have a positive anticipation of what the new year is going to bring. Let us know what we can do to help you and listen to the words of this song as we wrap it up with this.
If you need a 